Are you ready to be inspired, challenged, and strengthened in your faith walk? Are you ready to get breakthrough from those old cycles and thought patterns that you just can't seem to get freedom from? Then you've come to the right place. You are going to get freedom, you are going to get breakthrough, and you are going to get healing because that's the life that Jesus paid for. This podcast is not just talk. We're going to live it. I want to personally welcome you to my little podcast corner. My name is Jillian Ahonen, and I am so excited for what God's going to do through our time together today. Whether you're driving in traffic to work, out on a morning run, or sipping your coffee in a comfy chair, let's get our hearts ready for today's word. Good morning. I hope you're well today. I wanted to start today with a fun fact about me, something that maybe you already know because you've been following me for a long period of time, or maybe you're kind of new here and you're like, who is this random girl that I found in podcast world? Um, Okay, so my fun fact today, just wanted to share, I used to be a family photographer. So here's a little quick backstory. It's kind of funny how it all started. And my daughter is a family photographer currently, and her story is kind of similar to mine in a few ways. I'll share it with you. So anyway, I used to be a family photographer. Um, I was a life coach, still am a life coach. I'm just not currently taking on -on one-on-one clients, but I was a life coach for about 15 years. And um, when my husband and I got married, I moved away from Ventura County and moved to Riverside County. And it just so happened to be a time where most of my clients have had kind of been phased out And I wasn't taking on new clients because I was getting married and I was going to be moving. And that was before it was really normal to do a lot of things through the internet, you know, through Zoom and FaceTime and all these things. I was very personal, one-on-one. I always met with my clients locally. Um, So obviously it's totally different now. And I've had the privilege of working with people all over the United States now um, when I was practicing. But anyway, back to my fun fact. Okay. So move out here and we got pregnant on our honeymoon. And so literally the month after we were married, found out we were pregnant and, um, it just kind of made sense to not bring on new clients, you know, new marriage, family life, merging together, four kids plus one on the way. And we both just made a decision that I was not going to reestablish my coaching practice in that season. And my husband had professional photography equipment. He had a professional camera and some lenses, and I had always wanted to pick up photography. So I just started playing around with his camera. I taught myself, and I just literally both feet jumped right in and started a family photography business. And I ended up with clients in San Diego and Orange County. It was so much fun. I thoroughly loved it. And, um, as I was moving more into full-time ministry and kind of back into coaching, I just felt like it was time to let that business go. I just could not maintain my family and everything else and that business. And so I let it go. Interestingly enough, my daughter gets married. My daughter is a creative. This, this girl is talented. She can do anything. Seriously. She is so creative. She is so talented and anything she sets her mind to, she does like amazing things with it. And so she ended up taking over her husband's camera. (laughs) She has a newer one now. Um, but at the time she took over her husband's camera and she started a photography business and she's still currently doing it. And I'm telling you her, 
family portraits are absolutely beautiful. The way she can capture the essence of the family and the couple and the babies and kids. It's just beautiful. She's an on-location photographer. And anyway, there's my little fun fact for you. Let's dive into what I wanted to share with you today. So a lot of my messages and a lot of my podcasts, we talk a lot about identity and knowing who we are in Christ and believing God um, over our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions. I mention it in both of my books. Actually, I don't just mention it. We kind of dive into those concepts. And I thought I'd just share with you today the things that I experienced and what I went through and how the Holy Spirit helped me overcome insecurity so that I ended up so rooted in my identity as a child of God. I'm literally unshaken by life circumstances, by what people may think about me. I've been able to go through so many storms. And the truth is, is if we do not have our identities intact, we are insecure We make decisions by fear, not by faith, and it clouds the way we see ourselves, it clouds the way we see others, it clouds the way we see life. It even messes with the way we navigate through hard times. If we are insecure, if our identities are not intact, it literally, it's it's a make it or break it, really. And one of the things that I firmly believe is that that is a number one problem in the body of Christ. As a life coach and as somebody who has worked closely with many people, I can honestly tell you that it is a bigger struggle than I think we are realizing. Um, Most of the people that I have the honor to come alongside have really opened up and shared with me some things that really roots back to this reality that they are struggling to see themselves the way God sees them. And this is what we're also seeing in the body of Christ at large. This is part of the reason why there's so much division in the body of Christ, why we will easily tear down another church, why we struggle to go to church, why we see so much division and hatred and criticism in the body of Christ. The truth is, is the body of Christ at large is not rooted in their true identity in Christ. And when that is not intact, we are really going to struggle across the board. So obviously, this isn't a corporate message. This is a personal message, although it, it does affect us corporately, right? But I want to talk to you today. I want to talk specifically about your identity. Do you believe what God says is true about you? Or do you find that you are wrestling with fears and insecurities and you're making decisions out of fear and insecurity on a regular basis? The truth is, if we are insecure, we're going to make decisions out of fear. When we make decisions out of fear, we can't make decisions out of faith. It's just a reality. It's crazy how much of our faith journey is hinged on being rooted in our identities in Christ. Not only are we going to struggle to make decisions that are confident and faith-filled when we're insecure, but we're also going to struggle with choosing our friends. And that could play out and look different for many of us. If we're insecure, we might be that kind of personality that intentionally surrounds ourselves with high caliber people, or at least people that we see as high caliber. You know, they've got the names, they've got the titles, they may be well known, and we kind of get our identity and who we surround ourselves with. Another way of navigating this in an unhealthy manner is we may surround ourselves with people who are 
you know, kind of messy or weak or maybe people that we see as the underdogs because one, we may feel for them, but also it makes us feel better than them. You know, subconsciously, like a lot of times we don't even realize that we're doing this, but we could potentially surround ourselves with those that we think are really less than because it makes us feel greater than. And that comes from an insecurity. Both extremes create a lack of balance in our lives. I mean, the Bible clearly says that we're not supposed to have any favorites, that we're not supposed to be partial. God's not partial. And so sometimes what happens is we don't even surround ourselves with a core group of people that are so unique and dynamic and different that we have the different parts of the body of Christ operating in our lives, the iron that sharpens iron, the the friends that can call us higher, and then those friends that we need to call them higher. And when we're missing this component, we actually start our own personal growth. I'm going to share with you the things that I did because these might be some really practical tools that you can implement in your walk with Jesus. But before I get to that point, I want to share with you some of the outcomes that happened with me as I realized that I had so much insecurity that I had subconsciously been living out of belief systems that are in opposition to what God says about me. And when that, when that changed, when I got the correct foundation laid, everything looked different for me in my life. Once I got my identity intact, everything changed in my life. I was able to make faith-filled decisions. I didn't really care what anybody thought because the only thing that mattered was what God says about me. I had so much balance in my life. I mean, if you could look back at me, or if if I look back, I'm going to take you back (laughs) about that. Um, so, okay, let's, let's, let's flash back to the season when I was a single mom with four kids uh, no education. I'd, I'd been a stay-at-home mom for 10 years, barely graduated high school. Now I am divorced, single mom. Gosh, how old was I? I think I was 29. I mean, I was a baby, 29 years old, four kids. I am not doing math right now. It'll take me too long. I think I was 29. And you think, man, like she's got to feel really insecure, but because of the journey the Holy Spirit took me on, I wasn't insecure at all. Yes, I was hurting. Yes, I had to go through a grieving process. Yes, that grieving process was messy, but my identity was intact. And so I wasn't afraid of the grieving process. That's a whole other topic. But the truth is, is when we are confident in who we are and who God says we are, we don't fear being messy. We don't fear failing. We don't fear falling apart because we are so rooted in this confident trust that our our daddy God is right there and he loves us and he's cheering us on and he doesn't see us any differently. So somebody else may see us differently, but we don't see ourselves differently because now we see ourselves through our father's heart and our father's eyes. And that kind of confidence really helps us dive into crazy healing journeys that, you know, can potentially look messy and muddy. I I mean, I wrote a book called life is muddy and that's part of it. I lost friends through that season. Um, and, and the truth is, is some people just could not handle my mess, um, my emotions, my feelings. Uh, they came out quite embarrassing, actually. <laughs> I've grown since then. Um, but, and it's okay. You know, they're released, they're forgiven. I don't hold it against them. And in other ways, my mess kind of pushed people away because I was taking some things out on them that I shouldn't have been. I was filtering through my hurt and my grief and all those things. And I had, you know, and and I could have just walked out of that just feeling um, 
so defeated and so discouraged and feeling like, oh, I'm just rejected. But you see, when we live accepted by God, nobody can really reject us. And God uses everything for his good and perfect plan for each of us individually. And what God did in that season of my life was so beautiful and so powerful. And again, it's because I had my identity intact and I wasn't afraid of walking through some really overwhelming and hard situations. And I wasn't embarrassed of myself. When we're insecure, we're always embarrassed. We're embarrassed that somebody is going to think we're less than, somebody is going to think we're messy. We're embarrassed of failing. Um, we're, we're, we're afraid we're going to miss the mark. I mean, come on, you, you understand what I'm saying, right? When we have underlying insecurities, our filter comes through insecurity and we have fear of everything, right? Do you see how this connects? So if you want to eliminate fear in your life, go after the insecurities that you're experiencing, go after the foundation that you've built on and make sure that you have built a solid foundation in what God says. And what God says is the only thing that matters to you. Once I got this intact, all of a sudden here, here I am single mom, like I said, single mom, you know, just trying to figure it out, um, going through a divorce and things like that. If you saw my friend group, you would probably be shocked. I mean, I had friends who were career oriented. I had friends that had vacation homes, uh, lived in gated communities, owned boats, and very successful people. And here I am, I'm sleeping on a couch at my parents' house. I'm just barely trying to come out of the pit I was in, not married. You know, a lot of times people think like, oh, you're single, so you're incomplete. And even the Lord restored that. He's like, no, you are a full family in me. And that might be a word for somebody today. You might be tuning in today and you're a single parent and you're feeling incomplete. You feel like you're not a real family because you're missing a spouse. And I want to speak into that the same way the Holy Spirit spoke into it for me. You are not less than because you don't have a spouse. You are made complete in Christ and you and your children are a complete family in Christ. And God has you exactly where he needs you to be. And you can rest and trust in knowing that he's got a plan for your life. And it's a good one. And while you wait on him, while you may be waiting on him for that future spouse, know that you are not less than because you don't have that right now. Be rooted in that kind of confidence that your identity is secure in Christ and you are not less than. Because my identity was rooted in Christ and I was not operating out of insecurity, I was able to minister to people of all walks of life. It didn't matter what their lifestyle looked like, whether it was way beyond my means or less than my means. It didn't matter. I had a very well-rounded group of people. I actually intentionally surrounded myself with families because I wanted my kids to see that not all dads abuse their children and abandon them. I think a lot of times through our insecurity, and I'm not saying that this is wrong, but a lot of times through our insecurity, we surround ourselves with people that we can relate to and we struggle having the balance in our lives. Like I said before, there's there's no balance in that. And I did have single mom friends, but I also was very intentional with building relationships relationships with families that had both husband and wives simply because I wanted my kids to see, look, not all daddies are like your biological father. And I thought that was very healthy. And again, it, it, it comes from being confident because hanging out with them didn't make me feel less than. 
when I was sitting at my little round table in the kitchen of the house I was living with, I found myself ministering to women who lived in gated communities, who had vacation homes and boats and would go on elaborate vacations with their families and things like that. And I'm sitting there and I'm encouraging them in the Lord and I'm praying with them through their struggles and what they had going on. And the reason I was able to minister to them and meet them in their greatest place of need is because I wasn't blocked by my own insecurity, hiding in my shell, feeling like I can't be around those people because I feel less about myself. I really walked in freedom. And I even look at my life today and I still see that very healthy balance. I do not surround myself with people that I can relate to. I surround myself with people who are going to call me higher, who a lot of my friends are actually 15, 20, 25 years older than me because I just love gaining wisdom. I love surrounding myself with people who carry this wisdom and knowledge because they've got life experience, because they've gone the distance, because they've walked this life longer than me, because they've walked with Jesus longer than me. Here's another example. Interestingly enough, the counselor that I was, my ex-husband and I were going to at the time, she is now serving on my board. We went from mentor-mentee relationship to sisterhood and friendship. And again, I believe it's because she and I were able to build a friendship outside of that counseling season because I was confident and not afraid to become friends with somebody who I bared all my uglies to. (laughs) I'm not ashamed of sitting with somebody and dumping out all of my thoughts and my feelings and emotions and all of a sudden I feel less than them. And, you know, it was a natural thing. You can't force this kind of stuff. And it's from a place of being confident in my own identity that I'm able to navigate these kinds of situations and socially and relationally There's no barriers inside of me that decides who I can or cannot be friends with. You see how it changes everything. Could you imagine going through life with your identity so intact, it doesn't matter what kind of environment you're placed in, you're not insecure. You don't rely on your environment to make you feel good, which means your environment also can't make you less than. When we're confident in who God says we are, People can't tear us down with their opinions. We don't make decisions out of fear of being rejected because we're living accepted, knowing that what God says about us is literally all that matters. Could you imagine a life lived where people and circumstances could no longer decide who you are because you're so rooted in who God says you are, nothing and no one can come in and take that away. Do you realize that when you're confident in your identity as a child of God, it's easy to love everybody? It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter how messy they are. It doesn't matter how famous they are or maybe how little they have in this human understanding culture and the way we measure things. It doesn't matter. You see everybody as equals and co-heirs with Christ because you see yourself that way. Realize that. When you see yourself as an equal and a co-heir with Christ, a child of God fused into the family, adopted, accepted, nobody can reject you and you see everybody else through the same lens. Because now you have the mind of Christ and the Father's heart. Listen, too many of us are living by our thoughts, feelings, emotions, 
our own opinions, what our life circumstances have told us, our status in life, even the opinions of what other people have said about us. Too many of us are living through that lens and it's blocking us from actually living in the freedom that Jesus paid for. Jesus did not die on the cross and give us new life in him for us to spend the rest of our life here on earth struggling with our identity. We got to get this intact. This is the number one thing. This is going to set you up to be able to run your race with strength and victory because your identity is going to be so rooted in Christ, you won't even care what's going on around you. You're going to care the right way, actually. (laughs) You're going to care, but it can't tear you down. You don't need life to build you up anymore because you're already built up in Christ. We have got to make God's truth and what he says about us louder than any other voice in our life, including the voice in your own head. Listen, here's another thing that I want you to really consider. If you have underlying feelings of insecurity, inadequacy, fear of failing, fear of being rejected, just any kind of insecurities inside of your heart and mind, the core of that is there is a subconscious belief system that you're made wrong, that you're less than, you don't like yourself. How can you fully trust in God, your maker? Because subconsciously you're living from a belief system that you're made wrong. So how could you put your full trust in the one who made you? Do you see how that kind of messes us up? So we got to go after that. We've got to go after the fact that you're not made wrong, that you are made in the image of God and that yes, you may have weaknesses, but in Christ, you now have a strength that is beyond your human capabilities and you're needed. You have a part to play in the body of Christ. You've got gifts and talents and abilities that God wants you to use and activate. And your gifts and talents and abilities are not better than or less than in anybody else. You have a very specific role in the body of Christ. And God wants you to be confident in that. He wants you to be so rooted in your identity as a child of God that you actually walk confidently in who he says you are so that you can live out the purpose and plans that he has for you. You see where we end up limited. Do you see where if we don't have that intact, what we do is we have to go build a life that makes us feel good. And there's nothing wrong with building careers and buying homes and doing all these things. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but if our identity is wrapped and entangled in what we have and what we're doing, then what happens when it gets taken away? Or what happens when we have a bad day? All of a sudden we feel less than, we feel bad for ourselves, and now we're weakened again. And then we're only as good as our circumstances are. You realize how that works? Or we're only as good as what other people say about us or how other people make us feel. We've got to get it all from our maker. And once we deal with the things in our heart and our mind that has created the insecurity and we place it at the feet of Jesus and we allow the Holy Spirit to rewrite the truth of who we are in him, we don't need those things anymore because we're getting it all from him. I was released from my marriage back in 2007. It was very clear, clearer than I wanted it to be, honestly, because I really wanted God to do a miracle in my, in my previous marriage. Um, and he actually spoke to me through my Bible, um, to the point where it it was an unmarked page. And I literally opened it to the same page, the same passages three times in a row. And it was a very clear warning of a life of destruction. As long as I stayed with him, he was not a healthy person. He was very much involved in drugs. Um, He cheated on me a couple of times. And uh, really the worst of it was the violence. You know, I mean, I believe that anybody can change. I believe that 
I believe in forgiveness and restoration. I believe that God can turn any marriage around. And I believed he could turn my marriage around. But the thing is, is he didn't want to humble himself and do the right thing and get help and get healthy. He continued to fuel his anger on me and on the kids. So there was bouts of violence that we had going on in our home. And at this point, I was seven months pregnant with our fourth baby. I knew that God was saying, leave, leave now and leave quickly. Uh, His mom, my grandparents, and my mom flew to Colorado, packed us up in a weekend, and we literally moved back to California. And in California, I ended up having our fourth baby four weeks early. Um, And... I started getting tormenting thoughts in that season that I was just going to be, you know, I I could not handle the idea of, I think I was 27 at the time. I don't remember 28. It's kind of a blur. Um, But like I said, I'm not going to do math. It's just going to take up too much time. Um, I, I was about 27 and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, 27 years old, single mom, four kids. And the idea tormented me because I didn't realize that I was insecure. I didn't realize that I was struggling to believe that God had the best for me and my family and that I could make it with him, with his strength. I was bombarded with these thoughts of, oh my gosh, what are people going to think of me? How do I explain that? You know, what a loser. I'm not even 30 years old. You know, these thoughts were tormenting me. I just had a baby. I I didn't want to go to my 10-year reunion at that point. I was just too embarrassed. I was so embarrassed of my life and where it had landed, which obviously I shouldn't be embarrassed. I didn't do anything wrong. It was really my husband at the time and his behavior and what he was doing and and the way he was destroying our family. But I couldn't see it that way. Isn't that interesting? I could not see it that way. I was more embarrassed that I would have been a single mom in my 20s with four children And I could not handle that idea to the point where I justified, rationalized, and even convinced myself that God was leading me back. So when our youngest son was about six weeks old, we packed up, we moved back to Colorado, and I am not kidding you, it was maybe a month into living back there and the violence was so bad. It was worse than it had ever been before. Um, It was the night before my birthday. So this is November. We moved back in September, I believe, maybe late September, early October. And now it's the night before my birthday. And he went into a rage. I don't even know what happened. I must have asked him a question. Normally, if I ask him a question and like, you know, where were you today or how was work or did you go to work today? Um, He would end up in a rage because he probably didn't go to work that day. (laughs) Didn't like to be challenged. Um, But this night he went after me. He put his hands around my neck. He pinned me up against the wall. Um, He pulled on my arms and my hair and was dragging me down the stairs, trying to throw me out the door in the middle of the night. The rage was so intense. The violence was so intense. It escalated so fast. I couldn't even believe it. Um, he was trying to throw me out of our apartment in the middle of the night and lock me out. I don't know why. And I'm mama bears ready to fight back because I've got a 
infant in one room and I've got three other children sleeping in their rooms. It's the middle of the night and all I can think about is being locked away from my babies. And so while he's trying to drag me down the stairs, I'm trying to fight and hold on to the rail so that he can't pull me out. I'm fighting for myself to get back up to the stairs and I slipped into our oldest son's room and I curled up right by his bed because I knew he wouldn't come in and get me if I was in a room of one of our kids. And um, so that's what I did. And the next morning I woke up with so many bruises, I couldn't hide them. Well, I could with long sleeves, but it, it was crazy. And what that did was it sent me to really just be on my face with the Lord. And it's interesting that as I'm going to God about my situation, begging for God to show up and heal my marriage and heal my family and heal my husband, what he did instead was he healed my heart and he showed me, he revealed to me where I was living from insecurities. It was, it was crazy. It was like he completely took me away from my problems and started rebuilding me in a way I didn't even know I needed. I didn't realize I had all of these self-hatred thoughts that I was subconsciously living from. And so as my life in my marriage I was getting torn down, but the Holy Spirit was building me up in my true identity as a daughter of the King. I was sitting at my dining room table. It was a small, round, wooden table in our upstairs apartment in Castle Rock, Colorado. And I felt this nudge from the Holy Spirit to take out a piece of paper and fold it in half long ways. And to the left side, I asked the Holy Spirit to show me what I was believing about myself. And there on that piece of paper on the left column, line by line, I started writing the things that I was living from. Uh, My crush in sixth grade when he called me a zombie because I have dairy allergies. And when I drink too much dairy or eat too much dairy, I get dark circles. I didn't wear makeup at the time. Thank God for cover up, right? Um, But I didn't wear makeup. And so he called me zombie. And I didn't realize that I was living from all of these insecurities. I mean, that was one of many and just little things and little statements that I didn't even know I was still living from. I didn't realize they were subconsciously still in the back of my mind. And the thing is, is if we don't understand and if we don't acknowledge that those things are in the back of our mind, it's going to be very difficult to retain truth because subconsciously we're living from a belief system that is in opposition to what God says. See, those are strongholds, and we've got to be aware of the strongholds that we're living from. We have to dismantle them. we got to stop entertaining them and believing them because they line up with what we're feeling about ourselves. we got to stop living by our feelings and start living by faith. In faith, in the name of Jesus, we come out of agreement with every lie and everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. To realize that we can do all the Christian things, be involved in our local church, attend meetings and conferences, read devotionals, you name it. We can be fully submerged in church culture and still live with deep-rooted insecurities that affect how we see and live and how we make decisions in life. I didn't realize it was in there. I didn't realize until I asked the Holy Spirit to show me. I could not believe the length of that list. I was weeping. I hated myself. I was living from things that people said in passing and casually that I didn't realize I received and believed. So I was living from my circumstances. I was living from other people's opinions of me. And I was living through my feelings of insecurity and self-hatred. And I just wept. We have to identify what we're living from and what we're believing. If we don't identify it, we cannot come out of agreement with it. 
okay? So as I listed everything out on the left side of the page, it was totally the nudge of the Holy Spirit that led me to my daughter's bedroom, and underneath her bed was an art box because she had to keep markers away from her little sister. Her little sister liked to color on herself, and so we had to make sure the markers were out of sight. So I went underneath the bed, and I pulled out the, the art bin, and I found the red marker. Do you know what red represents? It's the blood of Jesus. Through the blood, I am a new creation in Christ, and so are you. So I went back to that list and line by line, I started crossing out everything that I was living from. And the Holy Spirit would remind me of a scripture of what the word of God says that I am, that I'm the apple of his eye, that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, that I'm his child, that I'm his friend. He's my father. He redeems, he restores, he rebuilds. I'm empowered with the same mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead. I'm made to radiate his glory. And all of these things start coming to the forefront of my mind and I start Xing out every single one of those lies and feelings and opinions that I was living from and I was nailing them to the cross that day. You see, how can you come out of agreement of a belief system if you don't even know what you're believing? It was really important that day to identify, not to dwell, not to fixate, not to feel sorry for myself, but to really identify those ruts in my mind that are programming the way I live, the way I feel, and the way I think, even all the way back in my subconscious when I'm not even realizing they're there. I'm still living from them. I had to identify them. I had to replace them with truth. And from there on, I had to walk it out. I had to make a conscious decision that any time something came in, any time a thought came in that contradicted what God says about me, I had to come out of agreement with it. And then from there, it was the prayer. God, I know what you say about me, and I believe your word to be true, but I don't feel that way about me. Take your word from my head to my heart until your truth is the only truth I'm living from. And you can pray that prayer too. You see, it's a partnership with the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to reveal to us what we're believing and what we're thinking. And then we need the Holy Spirit to help us come out of agreement with those things. And then from there, it is our choice to take a bold stand and choose to let what God says be louder than what we think and feel and what other people say. See, we have to get our belief system lined up with his truth and live from that place. Whether we feel it or not, it doesn't matter. God's truth has got to be louder. God's truth has got to be more powerful. God should have the final say. It's a choice and it takes time. But I promise you, when you choose to believe what God says over what anybody else has said about you, over what your circumstances are saying about you, over what your feelings are saying about you, over what your past has said about you, realize that your past is over with. Past could be five minutes ago. It could be five years ago. Through the blood, you are not what you think, what you feel, what other people say, or what your circumstances say. You are who Christ says you are. You are a child of God. You are a co-heir. You are a masterpiece. You are a new creation. doesn't matter what you did yesterday. Today is your brand new day, and God wants you to walk in it. I have a little simple rule for myself. I think I've shared this before, but I'm going to share it again. I call it toilet talk. If there is any thought that comes into your mind that contradicts the word of God, it's toilet talk and it needs to be flushed. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. I'm believing the Holy Spirit met you powerfully through this week's episode of Not Just Talk. Now for the real part. Let's take this conversation beyond talk and live it in our daily lives. Amen. 
Don't forget to check out my newly released book. I'm really excited. It's called Ripple Effect, a transformational journey into God's heart that will change you from the inside out. It's available now on your favorite online bookstore, Amazon, or you can order a signed copy direct through my website, jillianahonan.com. Also, did you know that we have a ministry app where you can receive direct notifications for everything we have going on beyond this weekly podcast? Just search Jillian Ahonan Ministries in your app store and download it for free. And please, I'd love to see your face on social media. Connect with me on my public Facebook page or on Instagram. I hang out there daily. Don't forget to subscribe and come back next week for another episode of Not Just Talk. Hugs and blessings, family.